You're listening to Nitty Gritty Nursing with Nurse M, where she breaks down the nitty gritty basics of nursing concepts. Hello and welcome to Nitty Gritty Nursing with Nurse M. I've had a request and the request was to try to break down childhood vaccination schedules. I, for myself, granted I took my board exams um, quite a few years ago, but I did have, in fact, uh, questions about when children get their different vaccines. Frankly, I did all of my nursing school practicum in an emergency room right towards the end, that, you know, fully-fledged integrated thing. I didn't deal with any childhood vaccines, so I was a little bit irritated that I got questions like that. It scarred me for life. I still don't know very well what the childhood vaccines are and when they should be given because we have these things called guides that you can just look up, which is what I normally do in practice. But you know what? For your board exams, you don't get to look at those. So here's a way to kind of remember these vaccines. So when I was challenged with this to build out a nitty gritty podcast on childhood vaccines, I said, bring it on. Let's do it. What I've done is I'm going to break down for you in a very hopefully simple way the different childhood vaccines that children in the United States get and when they're going to get it. And I went to the CDC, the Center for Disease Control website, and I pulled the vaccination schedule, the most recent one that they have up, which is 2022, recommended immunizations for children from birth to six years old. And I'm going to try to break this down for you. In order to do this, there's just a few very simple numbers that you need to have memorized. And I'm going to tell you what the easiest way is to remember the majority of the vaccines that kids get. And then I'll break down what each of those vaccines are for a little bit. And then I'll circle back and remind you of these things that I've come up with. Um, I've pulled a lot of information. This is a conglomerate of all all the resources that I've been reading through. So here it goes. The first one we're going to talk about is hepatitis B. And we are going to talk about hepatitis B because there's only one vaccine that children get at birth. And it's hepatitis B. So B is for birth. And from there, what I just really want you to know is that hepatitis B is its own kind of thing, as is influenza. Everything else is is built in with each other. So let's walk through this. Hepatitis B is given at birth, B for birth, and then at two and six months. Now, the next set of numbers I need you to remember are 246. So if we think about that... (laughs) 246 is the majority of when the vaccinations are given to these children. That's two months, four months, six months. So hepatitis B is at birth and that's zero, zero. It should actually be given within 24 hours of birth because hepatitis B is a virus that damages the liver and can cause liver failure if not caught or treated or even prevented. It is prevented. So the first recommended dose is within 24 hours of birth, which is why it's zero. For the next series of three, two, four, and six, what you should remember is Dr. HIP, anatomical part, Dr. HIP, H-I-P. And what this is going to stand for is the doctor, the D is for DTAP, which is diphtheria. The R is for rotavirus, which is abbreviated as RV. And H is for hemophilus influenza type B, which is actually just um, abbreviated as H-I-B or HIB. Maybe some people call it that. I don't actually know. The I is for IPV, which is inactivated poliovirus. And the P is for PCV13, which is a pneumococcal vaccine that kids get. So Dr. HIP, diphtheria, rotavirus for the doctor, 
HIB, the HIB, hemophilus influenza type B, IPV, inactivated polio, and PCV13 for the pneumococcal. And if you can just remember Dr. Hip, Dr. Hip is across the board at two, four, six. Two months, four months, and six months, these are what the children are going to get. Now, let me break down really quickly just for a very nitty-gritty review. Diphtheria is an infection that causes a sheet of thick gray matter to cover the back of their throat, making it really hard for kids to breathe. And so when children get this, they're treated with antibiotics, and then they're also given an antitoxin that neutralizes the diphtheria toxin. So in order to prevent this, we give them the DTAP, which is for diphtheria. Rotavirus, RV, is actually a viral infection that causes vomiting and watery diarrhea, fever, abdominal pain. It's super contagious in kids. And the reason why it's problematic is because of the dehydration. Kids are like flowers. When they lose fluid, they they will wilt real fast. And so when I went and looked at the statistics in 2019... <laughs> rotavirus was responsible for almost 20% of the deaths that occurred from diarrhea. So it's kind of a big deal, which is why we vaccinate against it. Now that's the doctor part. The hemophilus influenza type B is a bacterial infection that can cause potentially deadly brain infections in young children because it infects the lining of the brain. And it used to be really common in the United States, but since the induction of the vaccine, those rates have actually dropped by about 90%. And kids are no longer getting these meningococcal infections from meningitis that is caused from the hemophilus influenza type B vaccine. The IPV, which is the inactivated polio vaccine, um, we in the United States, the only one that we've been given or that we give in the United States since 2000 is this IPV vaccine, and it's given as a shot. In other countries, the polio vaccine is given orally, and polio is essentially just a viral infection that affects the brains and the nerves in the spinal cord that ultimately causes paralysis in people who get this, and they then have like the inability to walk, which is why we treat it. Now, PVC-13 is, for, is a pneumococcal vaccine. And it actually protects against 13 types of bacteria that cause pneumococcal diseases. And any of these bacteria cause a ton of problems. Everything from pneumonia to meningitis to bloodstream infections, you get the gist. Pneumococcal bacteria, very bad. This particular vaccine, the PVC-13, protects children against 13 different types of it. So hepatitis B is at birth two and six months. At two, four, and six months, we're talking about Dr. Hip, the anatomical part, Dr. Hip, H-I-P. Sorry about the cat again in the background. He wants to participate. Now, when we move on from that, that is if you can just master hepatitis B at zero, two, and six months and Dr. Hip at two, four, and six, you will be golden because that is the majority of the vaccines that children get during their initial few months of life. Because where we now next go, right, if we've done two, four, six months, I need you to jump just to 12 months. And from 12 to 15 months, there's another series of vaccines that children will get. And the acronym I want you to think of is MAD-HPV. I don't know how you decide to think of it, but if you can remember MAD-HPV, at two to 15 months, this is what they're going to get. They're going to get the MMR vaccine, which is for measles, mumps, and rubella. The A in MAD is for hepatitis A. The D in MAD, again, is for that DTAP. It comes back to haunt us. Uh, so there is that as well. Uh, the HPV is for HIB, which is that hemophilus influenza type B. 
PCV13, which is the pneumonococcal one, and varicella. So there's really the only new things that we're starting to introduce are MMR and varicella. And then we get to four to six years of age. And the way to remember that is at four to six years of age, you've made it out of the terrible twos. And now it is in a very dim part of, I don't know, the growth of the children. I'm not a pediatric nurse. So, but the way that you can remember that is very, just the V of very is for varicella. And then dim is still for DTAP, which is the diphtheria, IPV, again, which is polio and MMR. The one unique vaccine that I did that's not mentioned in any of these is actually the influenza vaccine. And that's because it's actually a yearly vaccine and children can get it starting at six months to 12 months of age. So if you just know that influenza is a yearly vaccine, they get it in their first influenza vaccination they can get is between six and 12 months of age. And then it's just yearly after that. But hepatitis B from birth, zero to six. Okay. At zero birth, at two months and at six months. And again, there is a spectrum. This is just the easiest way that I've come to kind of try to figure out how to memorize this. So if there's a different approach you want to take, by all means, take it. Doesn't matter to me. And then at two, four, and six months, we're talking about Dr. Hip, diphtheria, rotavirus, hemiophilus influenza type B, which is the Hib B, the IPV, which is polio, and the PCV13, which is the pneumonococcal. Now, once we move past six months of age, we get into 12 to 15 months, and that's MAD HPV, which is MMR, measles, mumps, rubella, hepatitis A, DTAP, diphtheria, the Hib, hemiophilus, influenza type B, PCV13, and varicella. And from that point, we then jump in years, and we go to four to six years of age, which is very dim, varicella, DTAP for the diphtheria, IPV, and then the MMR for the dim portion of it. Influenza starts at six months, and it's a yearly vaccine, so there's a spectrum they can get at any time starting at six months onward, but it's only then once a year. And that's basically what I've got for a childhood vaccination schedule. Again, this is, you know, I'm recording this in uh, January of 2023, and I'm basing this off of a CDC vaccination schedule from 2022. Can this potentially change? Absolutely. But at this current time, if you need a simple way to try to remember when your childhood vaccination schedules are, just remember hepatitis B starts at birth, two and six, Dr. Hip for the two, four, six, and then you get into the mad HPV at two to 15 months, and it's very dim at four to six years of age with influenza being six months to 12 months and yearly. That's all I've got. If there's another topic that you'd like for me to maybe cover, somehow make a note of it. Make sure you like the podcast in the platform that you're listening to it in. You can even leave a um, comment in there. And that's one way I can see what people would be most interested in. I know many people are listening to this from all over the United States and um, the world, actually, at this point, there's quite a few people in other countries listening. That's all I've got. Go forth and keep on learning.